What's up, guys? Welcome to the DGN Dads podcast. I'm joined to my ho- by my host today, Kyle Wilson. How's it going today, Kyle? It's going great, man. Happy to be here. Happy to be alive and touching grass from time to time. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. We have a huge topic list today, uh, which I actually just placed over here. Let me pull it up on the screen. Our biggest topic, as you noticed by the title of this video, is Vivi and Alibaba partnership. There's going to be a lot of discussion around this. We're about to dive right into it. But we also have some like really fun stuff to talk about, like Fat Zuki. I don't know if you heard about that. Uh, some interesting news like Sega leaving Web3, claiming it's boring, IMX passports, all kinds of things in our discussion lined up today but without further ado i guess we'll just dive into the straight uh to the first topic kyle uh vivi and alibaba what's your opinion well what first off tell us what's going on for those that might not know yeah so for people that don't know already vivi has announced that they are basically going to use alibaba cloud which is their cloud service which is similar to what amazon web services has except it's not as probably as mature or as large as obviously amazon web services but um, it just kind of goes to show what Vivi's kind of strategy is in terms of trying to appeal to the Chinese market, for example. Yeah, heck yeah. And I, I read a thread analysis on this that was on Reddit, uh, the Vivi subreddit, which I don't love, but you know. Uh, and it's saying that overall, China is it's better to use Alibaba Cloud uh, than in North, North America. So I guess, like you said, you know, we just saw localization like maybe a month ago to where they added different languages for it. And now we're seeing like the official partnership with Alibaba. So that's, you know, that probably ties together on trying to diversify the audience for Vivi. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, obviously, when you're in proximity of the servers in that region, then it's going to be your app's going to run more efficiently. So that's obviously could be a strategy there that they are laying kind of that groundwork to really target that market. So um, which isn't a surprise, Vivi has actually had a office in Shanghai, I believe it is um, already for several years, you know, if they actually have that um, office that has been on the I think it was the Ecomi secure wallet. Um, It's been on their site for years. So um, you know, it's no surprise that they're, you know, actually finally now trying to, to roll something out in that general area after, you know, a couple of years. Ecomi Secure Wallet, man, that's a, uh, that's a sore subject. Yeah, I don't know. Has that, have they updated that at all? Like, I haven't heard any updates on that. Or is it like a kind of an abandoned project? Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, that, that was one of my arguments towards people saying that VV did not want to be a Web3 company because like. They literally had a hardware wallet, which is about as Web3 as it gets, uh, digital ownership. That's self-custody. Well, I think that, yeah, yeah, and I think that points to, like, at one point, we were supposed to have self-custody to the Yukomi Secure Wallets. And in the white paper, it actually discloses that information and how that would actually work. So I think a lot of people were reading that white paper and looking at that um as you know hey we can self-custody our nfts and i think that's why people were so confused you know fast forward a couple years later so uh, that's a good interesting point for sure yeah that's something i definitely thought about uh one thing about this alibaba partnership are like you know obviously the uh, david you taking a picture with them um i don't know if you're familiar but alibaba is like one of the biggest vcs in the world uh, I, you know, I don't know if this is too far to speculate, but if there is some type of a long-term partnership, maybe even if, if uh, VV needs funding, that's a really good connection to have if they're willing to invest into the uh, wider like Web3 space. 
Yeah, and I have see I see Amazon and Alibaba. They're both starting to really support Web three and blockchain in general. You know, Amazon's kind of beating them to the punch a little bit, but that's really not a surprise. Um, just because they're just like they've been around longer and all that stuff, and you know, have a dominant share in cloud services. But Alibaba, you know, recently it looks like they've been signing signing a lot of Web three uh, specific projects. So. Um, it, it's exciting to see the general technology just be adopted, especially by the infrastructure uh, tech space in general, like obviously cloud services. So um, if you're excited about Web3, this is kind of, to me, a good indication uh, on the back end, seeing the infrastructure still bullish on the Web3 space. To me, that's exciting. You know, you say Amazon beat them to the punch, but it's like Amazon beat them to the punch with announcements because i haven't really seen much on it man like amazon was supposed to drop their nft marketplace in like march and i haven't seen any updates on it like recently you know yeah just uh, i meant when i say that just in terms of uh blockchain and them supporting you know avalanche spinning up subnets and things like that so uh yeah like you said we haven't seen anything in terms of the fruit of their what was supposed to be their nft marketplace and as we suspect long term you know, a full out, you know, Web3 game possibly in the, lo- in the not so distant future, just because they own Twitch. And that's like a perfect marketing arm for their gaming business. They have a gaming studio. Um, they're supporting Avalanche subnets, which they are. I think that one of the primary use cases we'll see coming out of Avalanche subnets is going to be gaming and games mm-hmm. using those subnets to uh, support and facilitate the Web3 aspect of their games. Yeah, no, for sure. And to to sum up, I'm going to read this, uh, the last little bit of this Reddit uh, thread. That was really good. Uh, It says, there has to be a lot more in this partnership, which is what I said about the VCs. Uh, It's exciting because David's caption is literally, looking forward to new partnerships and access into the wider Asia community. Also, it's a partnership with the biggest e-commerce company in the most populous country. So the potential is pretty huge. Yeah, so my take on that is what his words, I don't necessarily, I agree with Danny uh, DeBull, who actually did a great video, it was very objective, and kind of neutral in the middle. And what my take on it as well is similar to that is I don't necessarily like that Instagram announcement, because it's, it's kind of indicating like there, there could be something much larger. But to me, this is Vivi kind of communicating, hey, we are, you know, we're open for business in the Chinese market. And it's not so much, you know, a much bigger, broader, you know, announcement. So um, it's kind of like hyping things up, which is fine, you know, in terms of what a CEO's job kind of is, you know, you look at other CEOs. So um, not to say that that's like entirely bad or anything, but in terms of interpreting it in the NFT space, like some people could buy in, um, you know, or spend a lot more money on, on things based on expectations and things like that. So um, in terms of that, you know, when they take pictures with Alibaba Cloud, like a lot of people were commenting, you know, hey, is this normal? Well, you can actually go and search Alibaba uh, Cloud signing service or signing um a collaboration or partnership you can just google a, a couple of different terms like alibaba cloud partnership and just click on the image tab and it'll actually show you all the different partners that have taken pictures and done the exact mm-hmm. same thing so it's kind of like a low-end um, type of marketing photo op it's a photo opportunity to really market your product and your service which is not bad at all like it's yeah. it's a photo it costs almost nothing to take a picture and put that on the internet and do like an article and a, and a uh, press release about that. So um, definitely not bad there in terms of the marketing strategy for both Alibaba and Vivi, but um, it's not nothing. It's, you know, it's not 
anything new. They kind of did the same thing with Amazon Web Services when they took pictures at Amazon. And so to me, it's not you know, any different. Um, it just does mean that, hey, we're VV, we're open for business in the Chinese market. And um, we need to actually get more information and not like overhype this, um, you know, announcement. Yeah, that's a very fair assessment. I think it's a very good, like neutral stance. Uh, anything else you would like to say about the partnership before we move on? Um, no, that I mean, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. You know, I, I know people are super excited about the localization part, but that's, you know, strategy. I would like to see more concrete um, evidence of you know, brands, you know, specifically in China and more adoption there, you know, more integrations with other, you know, um, I guess within China itself. So um, that's what I would like to see instead of just kind of like the actual just photo, um, just because in previous, you know, my experience with the project has always been, you know, um, either delays and things like that. So I'd like to see a little bit more there. Like a like a Pokemon partnership. They're based out of China. Yeah, I mean, when I see Pokemon, I think they're looking at the space um, like Sega. And we're going to get to Sega after, you know, this topic, of course, as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I think companies are just looking at the space very carefully and closely and cautiously now just because they've seen what has happened in the Web3 space and yeah. um, really the, the bad and the ugly, like which has been a lot this past year. Um, and I'll, I'll let you kind of talk a little bit into that as well. Yeah, sure. I uh, and I also do want to talk about uh, the Twitter killer uh, threads, but we can get to that after the gaming discussion. So what Kyle's referring to is this announcement over the weekend uh, for some, I mean, just again, like you said, there's been some general like distasteful things happening or that's happened in Web3. Well, Sega went out of their way and they basically said they're going to take a step back from anything Web3 related. Uh, they even went as far as to say that Web3 games are boring and I quote from uh, Blue their interview with Bloomberg, the action and the play to earn games is boring. What's the point if games are no fun? Uh, and this quote comes directly from Sega's co-chief operating officer, Shuji Yusimi. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's Sega's take. Now, again, we're talking about Sega is they're well known, but like they had Sonic, they had some other hits, you know, I don't know. Like I've never been like Sega to me. Like I feel like the nostalgia of it, but it's not like it's been like this huge, it's not like Nintendo came out and said, we want nothing to do with web three or Sony is clearly like does want to do with, with web three and other, in other areas. So I don't know. What's your thoughts? Yeah, and I, that's a good point. I mean, Sega, it's not like exactly the biggest, you know, gaming company in the world. Um, it, I mean, it would be nice if they did come out in Web3, but and I, I do see that they're developing a super game that's slated for like 2026. Um, and the, the, found, or the CEO or whatever was asked about that as well. And he just mentioned that like, you know, Web3 isn't off the table, but at the same time, you know, we're not necessarily looking to implement it at the same time as well. So it's almost like they're in the middle. They're just like caught very cautious because what they've seen in the Web3 gaming space currently is uh, like, like he said, it's just either really boring video games or, you know, too much focus on tokens and, and the cash part of it when, uh, you know, traditional gaming studios are have always been about building a very fun game that is going to make them a lot of money. And, you know, I think that's the key there. Um, and, and we're seeing that already in the space. We're starting to see the more fun games start to emerge. Um, like, you know, for instance, Dr. Disrespect's Dead Drop game that has a snapshot released tomorrow. 
um, which I expect to get a lot of attention. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of my take on it and how I think brands are start like starting to feel a little bit as well. I think brands initially were super excited, but they're starting to kind of like, you know, like, Hey, wait a minute here. Like let's, let's approach this space a little bit slower than usual. Um, you know, is, is what the vibe I get just from the the market sentiment rather. Yeah, I think that's what they're doing is they're reading the the outlook of the market and they're saying right now this isn't for us. So like I don't want to be like too negative on this because they didn't say they're never going to use blockchain. They're never going to use Web3. They actually uh, – I don't know the exact quote, but uh, the uh, summary I was reading of it was saying that they're not slamming the door shut entirely. Uh, I think here, let's see what this says. For the majority of people in the video game industry, what blockchain advocates say may sound a bit extreme, but that's how the first Penguin has always been. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, that that, uh, that's what the the, uh, guy from Sega said, though. So, like, he's essentially saying, like, there could be something to this. We're just backing up. And I I do want to say, like, the highlights of of the uh, interview – Withholding major franchises from third-party blockchain projects, halting development of in-house blockchain games, external parties will still be able to use uh, its lesser-known franchises for NFT projects. That's interesting. Uh, No commitment towards use of Web3 tech um, in its 2026 Super Game Initiative, a lineup of high-budget online multiplayer games. Yeah, yeah. So I watched the video of him, like, talking under the interview, so... It just sounds like they're not, they haven't made a full decision just yet, uh, which is fair, you know, and I I do think they're looking at the wider Web3 gaming market and just seeing like what works in terms of the models. There's a lot of people and a lot of founders trying to put forth their own model of what a perfect Web3 game looks like to them. And we're seeing a lot of founders that will probably fail and a lot of these games will, will fail. But I think what's going to emerge is these gaming ecosystems like, you know, the IMXs, the Polygons, the Avalanches, and possibly even Oasis, which is another uh, gaming kind of focused blockchain. Um, So I think we'll see a lot of those, you know, big ecosystems emerge because, again, it'll only take one hit game to really send send it like Axie Mm -hmm. Infinity did. But an actual Web3 game that works really well and is super fun. I think that's going to be like what a lot of these actual like traditional studios are looking for. And then they'll just kind of recreate it, but with their own IP and their own game and kind of just take over the space in terms of um, their their games. Well, and, we, you know, this isn't a blockchain game, but we kind of saw this happen very quickly and the possibilities for it with Up Only. Like, it, you know, the game, I don't know if they had an official partnership with Goblin Town or just made by the same, like, creators or whatever. I actually, but I know there's a link there because, like, essentially in Up Only, you're, like, escaping Goblin Town. I've never played it. Uh, but it went huge. I mean, you had Nick Merckx and the Tatman. Uh, you had some of the biggest YouTubers. Uh, I forgot. There's one guy that literally has a partnership with YouTube that was streaming it. Um, like, n- not YouTube partner. Like, he actually gets paid by YouTube to make content, like, separately than the YouTube partnership. Um, but regardless, the game blew up. Everybody loved it. And my thoughts on that is it's not Web3, but what would stop the game from, you know, a month from now if they were Web3? To say, hey, if you completed the game in this amount of time, or if you completed the game, period, we want to give you something. But in order to receive it, you know, you need to create X, Y, or Z. You know, you need to create something, or you need to use, you know, whatever. And then, boom, you have a digital collectible now. You you know, it's kind of like Reddit, uh, where it's like, oh, I have, and then I have this thing, you know, maybe you hate it, that's fine. 
maybe it's worth something, maybe it's not, but you have it now. And I, I could definitely see people that like have always been against NFTs being like, hey, this is kind of cool. Especially if like whatever they give you is kind of cool. And maybe that thing holds future utility in the game or in the next game. Maybe it's like similar to like a skin or whatever, or like, you know, something, a wearable, kind of like the uh, Board Apes did with the, with the test that you did. So like I could totally see uh, pushing adoption that way. Now that doesn't mean all these people are gonna go buy PFP projects, but it would just kind of show them that, hey, owning a digital collectible is kind of cool. And I think there is, speaking of VV at the beginning, I think there's a huge bull case for digital collectibles in NFTs. I mean, that's essentially what they are. But like, you know, there's a lot of angles of NFTs, but I think digital collectibles is something that people don't need to sleep on because people treasure their collectibles. And I see that being valuable. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're seeing too. Even if you look at CSGO, they have skins and cosmetics worth, you know, six figures and things like that. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of like frowned upon, it seems like, because I've seen uh, CSGO and Steam ban, they actually ban people's accounts because they're using gambling sites to like gamble their skins or something like that. And so it like, it does introduce like, Hey, web three actually really does like, and all jokes aside does fix this issue uh, because the gamer would still own the assets, even if their account was banned and they could still have that valuable asset in their, in their vault or whatever, in their, their account. And they could sell it, you know, on a marketplace. And I think that's like the improved model there. And you look at CSGO, it's been around for like 10 years and, um, you described basically exactly what that successful model looks like. It may, those skins and like things and collectibles may not be valuable at first, but 10 years later, those could be very valuable. And people that are, you know, whether it's either, you know, in a game, um, you know, people obviously love Vivi and the collectibles there, or it could be a different platform. Like, you know, what we see with cryptoids and what they could release as well. So, um, it's not limited to, to to like one platform. There could be value based on a lot of platforms that we could see out there. And you're talking about multiple games like as well. So think of it like you, you know, Master Chief, you know, in Halo and the skins there, what they could do, what CSGO is already doing, but could implement Web3. And I think to me, that makes the most sense where games will go. And we're already seeing Dr. Disrespect already, you know, have this vision. He's already implementing web three into his game like that and i think that will be successful yeah he gets it i you know i remember him tweeting something like six months ago like basically responding to the people hating on nfts like he was essentially like this is the same thing you know that you experience in csgo except for the fact you actually have full ownership over over that item so like, he gets it and he's he's a big influence in the gaming industry so I definitely think that uh, some people would respect his opinion on that. Now, they might think because he has his own project or he's affiliated with a project, you know, he might just be doing it for that. But regardless, I, I think it's pretty good to have somebody of that caliber and that, that you know, respect, uh, you know, in, in the industry. But, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of cryptoids, I just wanted to mention that they actually, uh, the founder, Will, he actually mentioned in a space just the other day, that they have like a patented pending guardian feature that allows like that would allow essentially miners to also use the app in a safe way. And it was like, he was describing it as it was so good that they just had to go ahead and patent it. And so it's like basically pending. Like I went through, they wow. published it. It's pending. That's and huge. yeah. So, which is very exciting, you know, apps that, you know, are going to be able to penetrate mainstream. I think, um, early on, like I did Cryptoids video a long, long time ago, uh, just because I did see a lot of potential for them 
to have wide adoption just because um, their collectibles are super cute. Like I'm like, yeah. I could actually see like hearing Will's story, how his daughter helped create the app in the first place really touched my heart as a dad. And which is why I wanted to bring him onto my channel and, you know, interview him, of course, but we well, need to bring him on to DJ and dad's podcast. Absolutely. I think, I think they would be down for that, but uh, just the appeal like it would have for the younger demographics. I could be proud of showing my daughter this collectible and opening those packs with her. And those are like those experiences that you just don't take for granted. You know, it's like 40 bucks for like one of the memorable moments with my daughter that she'll yeah. remember for the rest of her life. And I could even just give that NFT, that collectible to her and uh, when she's older. And so those are the things that I look at as a parent and that I get excited about just the, the full experience of what um it they bring in in that platform and he, he mentioned new ip it sounded like so it sounds like they do have a lot of ip and brands hitting them up and he was saying that they actually had to decline some brands because how um how many inquiries they were getting and they had to prioritize the brands and ip of their next like launches and things like that so it's exciting like to see the space as a whole grow and again we always say it is like it'll be to me like streaming where there's multiple streaming apps and it's not just you know one streaming app to dominate them all it's like no it's just gonna be like what's your favorite streaming app like what do you watch you, you might even have multiple subscriptions to a lot of the different streaming apps and i could see that uh playing out in the nft space long run yeah absolutely yeah i love uh, i love the strides that cryptoids is making um I'm just really excited to see like what they're building and what they're coming out with. Um, ever since that Star Wars drop, that was the first real drop that I participated in with Cryptoys. I was like, this is really cool. You know, you could either leave it in the package or you can take it out. You know, and then to see the the future gamification as we discussed last week on your channel, um, it is really cool. So I'm excited to see what they're they're building out. And definitely, we need to get Will on the, on this podcast. Uh, I did want to talk about this uh, something a little bit more macro. Then we'll get back into the NFT market. Um, the Twitter killer, Kyle, uh, Instagram came out with threads last week. Uh, this isn't like breaking news. This happened maybe like Friday or something, uh, where, and then betas, uh, beta testers obviously got a little bit early, but essentially it's Twitter 2.0. It's very, very similar to Twitter, but it's linked to your Instagram now. Elon's not happy about it. He's calling, um, Mark names that I can't even say on here. We're going to get demonetized. Um, he's already filed a lawsuit against, uh, Zuck. Uh, and this all goes around their cage match that they're supposed to have. I don't know, man. Uh, what's your opinion so far on threads and just the whole Elon and Zuck rivalry? Yeah. I mean, it obviously like, it didn't help that Zuckerberg came back after like 10 years of not using Twitter and just like randomly appeared and was like, he did a meme, which was the Spider-Man's pointing at each other. And I'm like, okay, like at first it was just kind of like, okay, yeah, it, it kind of looks like Twitter. And then now like he posted that and it now I feel like tensions are like going to skyrocket and he's instigating the whole issue and the whole thing right now. Um, so to me, this is definitely a big showdown between two of the largest tech entrepreneurs of all time. Um, I'm excited for the fight. Uh, you know, they're both training. I've seen the pictures, um, you know, of them training, doing jujitsu. You know, Elon was with uh, George St. Pierre as well. So, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily have too many opinions yet on threads. I think it's too young, too early to say. 
and you know this this case this lawsuit that might happen or it sounds like it's going to happen uh we don't know what the future technically is yet and it could cause some turmoil there but in the meantime as a content creator you obviously should be taking these new platforms serious um, even if they do, like maybe they might not, might not exist in five years, but at the same time, if they do, and you are building a substantial following that could be mean the difference between, you know, um, a successful career and not. And I learned the hard lesson with Facebook early on with Facebook ads specifically is they were literal pennies on the dollar. And I could have advertised for like five bucks per day and built like a six or seven figure business easy on Facebook. But, you know, I was still like, you know, too young to really realize the opportunity and really slept on it and didn't think ads would get like expensive like they are now. Now the ads are really expensive because there's so many, you know, advertisers on their platform competing for the same advertising space. Yeah, dude, that's so good. And unfortunately, uh, this was actually breaking news today because um, this isn't this isn't growing. I'm pulling up on my phone. This isn't growing at a slow pace. Um, Threads is now the fastest adopted consumer product in history. Uh, I think it passed 100 million downloads today. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, you're right. Like taking advantage of a new platform, like it's it, that's really setting yourself up for like you know for success essentially. But this is skyrocketing so fast that it is going to be diluted quickly. Uh, I've been grinding out, dude. Like I've been posting. Yeah, I've seen you. <laughs> yeah, I because uh, I don't have a large following on Instagram at all, just because I never used Instagram. And I started to use Instagram literally like two weeks ago. I was like, you know what? I want to see if I can like make some reels do better on Instagram and kind of start growing my audience on there. But besides that, I've never I've never really used Instagram. So when I downloaded Threads, you know how it gives you the option to follow all, and some people get a lot of followbacks off of that. I even clicked that because I was like, I, I don't. I don't really use it this much and I don't really even talk to a lot of people I know on Instagram anymore. So like, I'm, not, I'm just going to start from scratch. So I built from zero followers uh, as of today. By the end of the day, I'll probably, I think I'm at like 750 right now. I'll probably be at 800 by the end of the day. Uh, I plan to get 1K uh, in the next, before the first week of threads, um, which is like not that hard on threads because the algos are like cracked. Uh, essentially, like, instead of it like recommending like a for you page it recommends like based on like comments of like of you engaging so you kind of get in these cycles of like well if you just like engage with other people's content then their friends will see your content and but it's not really a for you it's kind of like based off of your engagement and uh you're more than likely to get into the algos quicker and to kind of pe find people in your niche more um and so like the the follows are and the exposure is really easy now with that being said I still don't know what angle I want to take it because like Twitter is like my like web three community. And then like YouTube is like, you know, uh, is, is NFTs, you know, of course. So I've always viewed Instagram to be a little bit more macro, like kind of like content like this that we're talking about the, what about threads? You know, what is threads or, uh, talking about the Mark and Zuck and, um, yeah, stuff like that. So like, I don't, I still don't know if I want to keep it more macro content related marketing. We talk about marketing a lot. AI, we talk about AI a lot on, the, on, on this, you know, kind of like our podcast. Like it's very, I was going to say, we could it, just, you just take that podcast angle, baby. Yeah. yeah tech, I mean, it, tech podcast, our, our podcast is web three focused, but we hit a lot of, a lot of macro topics. So I, I'm thinking the same thing with threads. Like I don't want it to be a copy and paste of, of the same experience I have on Twitter. I want it to be a different experience. Uh, so I'm yeah. just trying to, I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. So for me too, like just just for like the audience and viewers or listeners too, is just you know if you're looking at threads too much too like what I look at it for me personally is like I wasn't huge on Instagram. 
um, my, my wife is, she loves Instagram, but how I'm looking at it is, Hey, like if you're really good at Twitter, you can probably be really good at threads here's, and you'll also have a bonus benefit of if you're growing on threads, you have a direct link on your thread bio to your, to your Instagram account. And that doesn't, it's not like it's going to like take away from your threads. It literally is helping you grow another social media app, Instagram by growing your threads. So it's like a double combo win. So now I'm more incentivized to use Instagram now um, where I was kind of doing shorts here and there or reels or whatever they're called, shorts, reels, whatever, yeah. um, on Instagram. But now I am actually even more incentivized to put those videos out because I know now I'm really good at Twitter. Like I'm not like the best ever, but I do have a you know a decent following. And like you said, Chris, threads, all algos kind of cracked right now, which means you can grow super quickly. So now like I'm looking at this as a good strategy to actually grow my Instagram account long run. Um, and even if my Instagram lags behind my threads account long run, I'm still going to win because it's always going to link back to Instagram. Dude, I, I would 100% agree. And I even think that thread should do an extra incentive to follow on Instagram. I don't know what that looks like. So like you said, like there is a redirect, like there, if you go to somebody's profile and you go to the top right, there's like a big Instagram logo. You click that and it redirects. Uh, and then you could always, you know, how people used to screenshot their tweets and post it on Instagram, uh, Zuck said no more of that. You can literally click a button and your thread is now either a post or it's like on your story. I thought that was really funny. So people aren't going to be screenshotting your tweets as much anymore. Um, but that said, I still I have 800 followers on threads now. Most of them and like the conversion rate on from threads to Instagram right now is just terrible. I, I might have got like eight new followers, you know, out of 800. Uh, so maybe one out of 100 actually goes and does that. Uh, so I think I think Threads should um, somehow redirect, like make make your incentive a little bit larger to go back to Instagram. That way, people are kind of stuck in a loop of like jumping back and forth from Instagram to Threads, Instagram to Threads. I think that's their game. I honestly think that's what their game's going to be because they know that they have Instagram as like that is one of the best apps of all time, especially like for people that are picture oriented lifestyle type of people now they have threads to like now they're going to bring over the people that already use twitter and like reddit and all those platforms and they're going to bring over like not to say they're more like there's you know it's just a different brain right that uses twitter and like these like you text based apps mm -hmm. and now they have like oh if i'm not on twitter or if i'm not on threads i'm on instagram and if i'm not on instagram i'm on threads and she's a back and forth like do 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 yeah <laughs> exactly and dude uh, i'm not gonna lie like pictures and videos look so much better on threads than they do twitter like that, that's just how it is one it shows the whole picture uh, i don't know i know you've probably experienced this but like on a twitter if i like, screenshot something and go to post it uh, i want people to like see what i want them to see without like having to click on it but that's hard to do sometimes like you have to like crop it just right so the whole thing shows and that's really freaking annoying to do every time. Whereas threads, you just post anything and it shows the whole picture on the timeline. So that's pretty cool. You can't you can't save pictures directly off of threads. That's interesting. Kind of like in Instagram. Like how like, yeah. you know, it's not like you can go to somebody's picture and save it. Um, yeah, it just definitely the pictures and videos like look a lot cleaner. Yeah, I, I, I like I like the pictures and videos too. Like um, like you said, it's just like you get the full visual and you have to like click through to look at it. 
Um, it just makes for a more seamless experience, I feel like, in terms of the actual content. Um, now, I do expect Twitter to like catch up in that department, but it is like kind of like you upload a video and there's like a lot of like loss in terms of quality and it looks like fuzzy and blurry and and that can take away from the viewer's experience or the listener's experience like looking at that and you're like ah it looks fuzzy i'll just you know keep scrolling but if it looks like visually pleasing then you're more likely to stay yep completely agree there was one more thing i wanted to say about threads i'm trying to think of what it was um it's like leaving me right now Oh, well, I can circle back to it. Uh, you did mention earlier when talking about the Elon and Zuck fight, um, just, just in general talking about the fight, uh, this was news like today, yeah, July 10th. Um, UFC and Concept Labs forge multi-year deal for digital collectibles game. So that's interesting. Um, and I'll go ahead and read the details. The partnership includes matchmaker sweepstakes, offering fans a chance to meet with UFC president Dana White Concept Labs plans to launch a first mobile or a mobile first game, UFC Strike Fight Camp, utilizing the UFC Strike digital collectibles. And then UFC Strike Champions Club offers exclusive fan experience to set uh, to set to expand further. So the UFC is also taking steps into Web three, going the off the opposite direction of Sega. Yeah, it's not too too big of a surprise for me. Like the UFC. Um, I believe they even had like at one point like the moments of UFC, like it was like UFC. Yeah, um, right. And so to me, this is like their next step, like gaming. Um, I think gaming, obviously, like it's already beating movies and, and music in terms of the entertainment sector. Um, so I think we'll see a continued like continued growth in Web3 games long term. Um, however, like obviously it's going to take time for like the big, big hitters um, to to really pop off and and see a lot there but i do think long term we'll be fine here in web3 game land yeah i think so too man uh, i do remember what i was going to say i'm trying to pull something up too uh, i do remember what i was going to say about uh threads is the like the first few days that threads came out i made a video on it and i posted it to twitter as well and i actually got my twitter account locked uh for posting that video oh so, yeah the censorship yeah. stuff going on <laughs> yeah so i was literally locked out of, of twitter for posting about threads that was fun uh, and like, you know, my business is on Twitter, so kind of sucked. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, with all that being said, um, the another huge topic today, it's something I'm actually going to pull up, is uh, the NFT market really bounced back today. Um, like we see not just today, but like within the last like week uh, across the board, uh, we see some NFT projects just like flying right now, um, you know, compared to like last week. Uh, basically being a bottom. <laughs> um, about to pull it up, though. But an another thing that we see that I'm also about to pull up on the screen, uh, one of the trending projects right now with 180 Ethereum volume and a 0 0.07 floor price is Fat Zuki, which is hilarious. Um, if you don't know what this is, this is literally uh, a Zuki, but they made him fat. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I I'm, trying to I'm trying to find the actual images of it uh they look good dude here I'll, I'll i'll share it uh so you guys can see so oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey hey <laughs> yeah man Somebody hey said, you gotta has that you gotta have you, i mean you gotta make it real i mean you know what i mean bro they look good it's it's, it's like you know how these derivatives look at the like, yellow one. Oh, yeah. my buddy has a yellow one like that i love that yeah, these derivatives usually look like trash, but it looks like they actually got like some type of artist to like expand those Zookies. Um, yeah, 
it's pretty funny, man. Uh, <laughs> so they're actually yeah, they not gotta... revealed right now. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, I heard somebody say earlier that if you uh, fud, that you're fat shaming. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Like, hey, man, everybody needs love and in, in uh, representation. So that's. <laughs> I don't mind this at all. I mean, maybe Azuki might have a problem with it, but uh, hey, that's cool. <laughs> uh, shoot, if anything, it just points people back to Azuki. I think Azuki holders yeah. got like a free mint, and everybody else had a mint for like .01. Uh, so I don't know. That's just pretty funny. But it's been zipping, man. So from .01 to a .07 floor price, and I think it touched like even like a little bit higher than that today. I love the uh, the caption there, ready to eat, because it's like – that's what a lot of people like. We eating out here, you know, so they yeah. put a little spin on that. So <laughs> which makes me hungry. I'm like hungry right now, man. That makes me hungry just thinking about that. That it, caption just made me hungry. It is around that time. Uh and then I also wanted to show just the uh, NFT market right now. Um you know, look at that 7-day change. Like it's pretty insane, man. I'll read some of the bigger ones. So Terraforms is up 61%, which is that's 45% a day. So maybe that's not the best example. We have the dude as last week oh no this is different never mind i did call beans last week at 0.3 on our podcast and now they're at 0.45 and then i talked about it afterwards it's like hey guys i told you beans at 0.33 was a steal and then people were like bro you you didn't call bottom it's gonna get lower like yeah no like of course it's gonna get lower but like that would have been such an easy flip um ether is getting fudded like to the ground so uh, despite all these being green ether capsules are still down we can talk about that in a bit uh azuki's up 20 percent board ap yacht club 15 percent uh azuki elementals 42 percent so the uh the nft market bounced back pretty nice yeah yeah it's uh hopefully it sustains you know and uh, maybe a lot of people are sensing it could be like we could be like or were like a week or a week or so ago or a few days ago like it was kind of like bottom like the bare bottom <laughs> like so I think maybe people are speculating like we could be bottomed out, like in the only direction things can really go at this point is up. Now, I, I do see a couple of bears out there still that saying like we could still dip even more, um, but time will tell. Like even in the macro, I'm paying attention to crypto as well and seeing kind of the same sentiment is like everybody saying like we could be at the point where things could start turning around slowly, especially as Bitcoin gets closer to the happening and we are seeing Bitcoin ETFs um, that yeah. could be approved at end of year. So again, these are some of the things I'm monitoring. So we could actually be, I think the NFT people are also in crypto and paying attention to that closely as well and um, monitoring the NFT prices. And, you know, you see things like blur that have kind of sent things to zero and uh, well, not literal zero, but, you know, have really made the market dip. Um, so I think all these like factor, when you factor it all in, it seems like these like, prices are were kind of pre-baked you know people were selling their nfts off in a pre-baked mindset but at this point i feel like moving forward we're entering in a territory where you know you might not want to be selling your nfts at the bare bottom yeah absolutely and i we've talked about this before but most of my nfts i own right now i'm not really in for the short-term flips anyways i wanted to add to uh just the the bullish case uh for just like crypto right now um here, let me switch back to this. Uh, we have some updates from Watcher Guru. Pretty good Twitter profile to follow. One of my favorite, like, just in and breaking profiles. Former SEC chairman says spot Bitcoin ETF should be approved. Uh, that's just like, you know, not that that, like, is substantial, but that's just like, it's good to see some people fighting for it. 
I responded to this one actually, but just in $820 billion uh, standard, uh, I can't speak, chartered bank predicts Bitcoin will be reach 120,000 by the end of 2024. Um, you know, that's obviously just a prediction, but the fact that these like huge, this big money uh, companies have been saying this, you know, yeah. it's kind of, when the uh, little man says that it doesn't really matter because it's not like they can actually move it. But when you got $820 billion and you're saying that and you have BlackRock, you know, filing for ETFs and a couple other things like that, like those people actually can move the market. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that's a, that's a bull case for it. So in ARC, you know, Kathy Woods, I think, is, you know, saying that Bitcoin could reach a million dollars, you know, and I think was it by the end of or by like 2030 or ish in that area or something like that, which is asinine. Like even for me, like I've always been pro crypto, pro Bitcoin and like super excited about this space, but man, that's like, <laughs> yeah. that's like, uh, I don't know. That's an insane amount. Now she's factoring in a lot of different factors, like market capitalization, um, total market cap for the entire crypto space. So I think she's accounting for all of the big, uh, Bitcoin ETS being passed and those being implemented into your traditional finance vehicles um, and things like that. You know, you're talking about like the traditional 401k type of bags where, you know, people are can kind of dip into. So maybe that's what she's looking at in terms of the macro and how it will be implemented into like the traditional finance uh, vehicles, if you will. Sure. And I, I do still see bears on my timeline that I do like, they have a lot of credibility, you know, like they've, They've done good with a lot of like uh, technical analysis and looking at the macro and everything like that. That are st that are still saying we'll see 13k Bitcoin before the end of the year. Do you yeah, think that's a possibility. No, I, I you know I don't think so at this point. Um, I think maybe we'll hit more psychological levels, like a clean 15, clean 20k, if we are going to go to like uh, back to a dip. Um, I don't think we'll get to the point though where things are so bearish that it goes to 13 because the the point that that everything was at a max bear level, um, it didn't hit off 13. I think it was what, like closer to 15. So I think it set a new precedence in terms of that level of like 15 or above or even 20 um, and maybe even just 25K, which we've already seen. So um, I, you know, I, I I have said, I think in uh, it was Paul Barron's podcast, I think maybe we'll see one more dip before it like we kind of not not full send, but things start transitioning and reversing the other direction. But uh, that's kind of my take on it. Um, again, like I am cautious during this time because, you know, with BlackRock with such positive news, there is speculation that, you know, it could be like trying to um, dump on people yeah. <laughs> in terms of in terms of that so we could see a short-term pullback but i don't i don't expect like a full-blown you know full-blown correction we talked about this last week but i do find it interesting that like the u.s is all but banned crypto you know just like with their sentiment towards it towards claiming everything's a security except for bitcoin and maybe ethereum but with the gary gensler stuff yet bitcoin is still over 30k you know, like that, and then Ethereum is still over uh, 1.8k. So it's kind of crazy. You know, I'm not gonna say this is like the worst it can get because we obviously saw like the FTX situation, and uh, even this, even in the last few months, we saw like kind of like the Binance uh, stuff and the Coinbase and, and all that. Um, so I guess we'll just see how it all goes, and obviously like you know how the how macro is looking because that's gonna affect everything. But I I can't believe we're even at a 30k and 1.8k like the way that everything's been like the pressure that's been in the U S but here we are. Yeah. It's been pretty resilient to see, to say the least, you know, so it's, 
uh, Ethereum, Bitcoin definitely doing their job that they kind of were created ultrasound money in Ethereum and then Bitcoin, of course, um, the king of crypto. Hey, yo. Let's pull up another topic. I lost my list again. Um, all right, let's get this going. So we have a couple of things that you added. Let me, let me, I'm just going to pick my favorite, Kyle, because uh, you, you added a lot here. Um, let's talk about this Tom Brady autographs, <laughs> autograph layoffs. What is that? Yeah, so obviously this is a result of probably the NFT space as a whole just being really down. Um, and I think these like platforms are uh, more the like traditional, like it's like it's it feels like Web two, but they're they're implementing Web three tech into their tech stack, um, like Autograph has. I think th like they have struggled to like have you know success in in this industry in the bear market because maybe they haven't had the right strategies in place or their audience isn't large enough to facilitate, um, you know, during this time. So I think they had to do these layoffs to um, move forward, if you will, and to continue. So um, it's very expensive to have, I think it was like 50 layoffs. So it was quite a few layoffs. I mean, quite a bit. Um, and that's a very expensive 50 employees times, whatever their salaries were, that's could be, you know, millions of dollars depending on their salaries per year. So Autograph's probably sitting here trying to save money and continue the operation. So um, not too big of a surprise, you know, considering we are in the bear market, but it is a health check of, of the wider space. And you even saw Palm, you know, integrate with Candy. And maybe that was kind of their strategy and thinking as well uh, in, in this kind of space and environment. Yeah, yeah that completely makes sense. Um, yeah, Palm and, Palm and Candy thing, that was like, was that a week ago or two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, kind of joining joining forces to uh, become become one stronger entity. Um, I saw that you uh, posted about a sandbox teaming up with Warner Music to bring an AR audio visual experience. I don't have the sound on right now, but uh, you just want to like walk us through this. Yeah, so this is obviously pretty exciting. You know, again, Warner working with um, a big Web three company, as in Sandbox, which is like pretty much one of the best decentralized like metaverses in space and the most notable with the biggest brands and IP celebrities in the metaverse. And they're, you know, it's really like a game too. Like it's not just a metaverse. It's like, there's a lot of mini games happening here, but you're seeing on the screen AR capabilities here that Warner and Sandbox have teamed up to bring you. So you can now broadcast this like cool yeah. audio visual experience, like a DJ, and again, these NFTs are typically minted on layer one Ethereum. So that means that there's a high probability that these are going to be self-custodied, which I mean, all of Sandbox NFTs already are. So what I'm trying to say is this is pretty exciting uh, improvement in the uh, Web3 space. So um, yeah, pretty cool things. You can see that rocking out right there. Um, it's meant to be fun, like that Roblox type of feel or yeah. vibe or uh, Minecraft, if you will. So um, I even seen Roblox. Roblox keep popping up in the news everywhere. I see them in Web three. Um, they're just at the Vayner like Web three like like conference thing. I, I don't know. I saw it on LinkedIn. They were there. Um, so it'd be interesting to see like these uh, you know humongous gaming conglomerates like you know come into the space and see what they do long term as well. Yeah, for sure. I, that's a really cool experience. Just the whole thing that we just watched and like kind of having that virtual concert not virtual is the ar you know so it kind of virtual um we definitely still need and we've we've actually had a podcast on this as well but i feel like to make this just more better like we're still going to need uh better like uh headsets like better virtual reality headsets because right now they're just too bulky 
and I'm not sure the level of interest of people just kind of. I mean, you had Pokemon Go, but I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I turned Pokemon Go's uh, AR features off like the first week I played, just because like it's it was more of like a like I just wanted to get into the game. Like, it was more of a distraction. It was cool and all, but I kind of just you know didn't didn't use it. So uh, for me personally, I, I don't know if I'd use this on my phone, but if I had like something comfortable to wear and like knew that there's like an event going on and I had to show up at this location and they're gonna put on a virtual concert, I would definitely do that. Yeah, for me too, like as long as the glass it's glasses, I don't mind a battery pack even. Like if I can put the battery pack in my pocket, there's a wire going up. I don't necessarily mind that either if the experience is fun. Um so the experience I think has to outweigh the what you're actually wearing on your, you know, your head or your body. But I agree with you. Like I have to feel um, you know, immersed in where it's easy. So if I have those glasses on, um, that's gonna be obviously immersive and you know putting your finger out there and it has like all that technology that can like follow your finger tracking kind of like what we're seeing with meta and apple and their products but like on a smaller form factor i think that's definitely um gonna kind of like full send like all these like people that are integrating ar and um i think at that point it's just like a, a race to see who can have the best games and metaverse experiences out there that are obviously going to include um gaming and and all kinds of fun stuff in in the quote unquote ar cloud or ar metaverse and integrate that into you know your games and vr and blah 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 blah. absolutely we ai and ai listen ai is gonna fast fast track that all like it already is you want to talk about that yeah, so like there's a platform called Runway uh, AI. They raised like a hundred and something million dollars, like an obscene amount of cash from NVIDIA and Google, I think, or some other like two big, really big tech companies. And all you have to do is type in a prompt and it'll create like a short movie. At least that's what the vision they're working on. You can actually sign up for a free account and like mess around. And it's kind of like low level stuff now, but the trajectory where it's going could be absolutely revolutionary. And then, you you know, you're seeing apps like that. Like imagine game developing apps like Unity is implementing AI. They, they announced that. Um, their stock went up from that announcement. But yeah. um, again, we're seeing AI just really compound very, very quickly. And it's not like a snail pace. Um, it's, it's happening all pretty quickly. So, Yeah, I have something I'm actually going to pull up here that I wanted to discuss uh, on the AI topic. It's pretty crazy, man. So AI, of course, has been like making huge strides. And uh, one of those right now is uh, ChatGBT is coming up with an update. Uh, It's going to be for the paid version. But it's going to have a code interpreter that will allow you to analyze your files with browsers using ChatGBT. Um, so specifically it's going to let you analyze data, data, create charts, edit files, perform math, etc. But this is crazy, dude. Somebody literally said, create a QR code for openai.com and show it to me. And it created the QR code. Like, bro, that's insane, man. Like imagine if we get like a djdads.com and we're like, yo, can you make this into a QR code? And then boom, from then on out. If we want, if we're like, you know, wanted people to like go to our website, they could just scan the QR code and then they're there, you know, same thing with my like coffee business. Like, ah, it's crazy. That's so, you know, like I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Blew me away. Yeah. It's really cool. The use cases there are pretty unlimited. Um, I even seen before they announced that I saw that, uh, Etherscan implemented a code checker in their platform as well. Um, they just implemented, I guess, like smart contracts and you could like go in 
and asked, you know, the their like custom chat GPT, which is probably just open AI. Um, and you can scan the smart contracts and things like this. But this get like improves upon that model and was gonna definitely help developers. Um also being in chat GPT are gonna bring the ability to literally scan your photos. Like you can actually do this now. Most users, I don't know if all the oh, users yeah, yeah, saw that, out, yeah. out there, but you can upload an image of like, let's say an NFT and it'll describe your image. So like if you just screenshotted me and uploaded it to, to Bing, uh, Bing chat, which is their AI, which is obviously open AI as well, but it'll actually tell you to like almost to a T like what the picture is about which is crazy Yeah. before you had to use like this, like Google search or Google pics to kind of like look that stuff up and it'll kind of give you like a general thing. Yeah. But this is like on the fly AI telling you what it is like, like seconds later in full description. Like, it's not like, Hey, we think this is what this is based on other images, what it might look like. No, this is the actual artificial intelligence telling you what the picture is like, that's pretty that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I've been waiting for something like that to come out for a long time. I used to use the subreddit as something like what is this or something like that, where essentially you just take a picture of something random and like somebody on the re- the subreddit would like tell you what it is. Uh, and then our phones, like our iPhones, like last year, uh, this is a fun fact if you didn't know it, uh, you can actually take a picture of plants and then there's like a little uh, information button that has like sparkles by it, which is like an AI feature. And you click that and it, it should show you which type of plants uh, that you took a picture of. But what Kyle's talking about is it's getting a lot more advanced to where you can take a picture of virtually anything and it will describe to you what you're looking at, which is something that's going to be very helpful. I've wanted to use a hundred times. So that's super exciting. Uh, on this thread, talking about some of the biggest things happening in AI, uh, I thought this was really cool. So similar to how you can generate like entire movies using prompts, uh, you can now do it with video games. Uh, I'll show that on the screen real quick, um, kind of how that works. And also, so like they're working with like a couple of game, gaming studios to do this. And if you wanted to right now, you could go to Moonlander AI and sign up for early access, which I'll probably do after this podcast, uh, just so I can actually show you guys in real time uh, when it drops, like kind of how it is. So this is how it looks. I'll kind of describe it for those that are listening in instead of watching. Um, I mean, I don't know what the prompt was for this, but I guess essentially, okay, here it is. So there's like a guy walking through the snow and then they got a prompt. Um, as they're still just kind of, cre- oh, they're VV. The DeLorean. VV. <laughs> Made an appearance. <laughs> yeah, oh, the flying DeLorean. <laughs> Whoa, we just discovered something. That is dope, actually. The game changer. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So we just watched a little clip of it. I don't it didn't really show the prompts for it, but it just showed like a little clip of the game with a random DeLorean in it. That's pretty funny. Uh, I guess this is BB's partnership, Moonlander AI, we didn't know about. Yeah, that that goes back to showing you like AI is literally like gonna like this is gonna be it is a revolution. Like it is literally the iPhone moment as you know, Jensen Wong said of NVIDIA, like what's happening right now. And again, like when we go back to games, metaverse, like this is stuff that's all converging upon each other. You know, you have AR experiences, metaverse, you know, AR, VR games, and you put NFTs and all of it like it all this technology is gonna just commingle um you know is what i see is the, how i envision it but um crazy man and that's lowering the barrier to entry to game development and you know people are like they're commenting like on my stream with danny like saying games are risky well if you look at something like that games are going to get way less risky um to develop yeah yeah man i mean 
AI is the future. What can, what can we say? Uh, I think that's a good way to wrap up the podcast. Always got to plug some AI in there just because, like, uh, the developments are just getting pretty crazy. And they're going to affect all of us. So it's important to uh, <laughs> it's, it's important to stay up to date on this. Do uh, you have any last words before we conclude the podcast? Man, yeah, like AI is literally going to change that subscribe button. So if you like those topics and you don't want to get turned into an AI in Black Mirror, you have to subscribe so you can be sure that you're following me and Chris as human beings, you know. So I don't know. That was a terrible segue. But if you like the content, like the video, and that's all I got. Hit the subscribe button, like the video. We're going to be on Kyle's channel next week. We're also working on getting this podcast out on all streaming platforms. I'm going to post it to Twitter. We're going to be available audio only on some others. That's why we describe things in detail on this. Thank you guys so much. If you've made it this far, you are amazing. Actually, if you did make it this far, let us know you made it this far by commenting down below uh, just to kind of see who all is watching the video in entirety. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you next time.